Hello again, everybody. Cool Button Uncensored Hockey Podcast is back on the air, still in season one, up to episode number 11. Mr. Craig Button, I had a great weekend. Friday, Oshawa Generals game, watching the Colts and Generals play. Boy, these kids are good. Saturday, Guelph wins again. And then all Saturday night watching hockey. Sunday, golfing. And then watching Sunday night hockey. That's what weekends are all about. Golf, kids hockey, and NHL hockey, my friend. How was your weekend? Well, my weekend was terrific too, but like I didn't get a scouting report from the uh, from the game Friday. No scouting report, Barry. You know how, how did Oscar Olison look? How did Hunter Hate look? Like best, any, any news? best player on the ice, Oscar Olofsson was the best player on the ice. So right away, I went. This guy's got to be drafted. These and every kid looks great. You know, if you take a parent who's got a minor midget kid and thinks my kid's going to get drafted and play in the O, and you say, "Yep, yep, you probably will." You're U14 or U15. Let's go to the Generals, Barry Colts game, and have them sit there as more and more people are going to the games and say, so what do you think? You know what they're going to think? Oh my God, these kids are good. I called the Generals 95-96 season, Mark Savard, John Tripp, you know that, Marty Wolford, all those guys, Jeff Ware. These kids blow that generation out of the water. And Mark Savard was a great player, and there were a lot of great players then. And you just look and think, wow. I, Craig, I was blown away and I love going to the games. The last time I went to a game, I told you the Shane Wright kid scored his first NA, first OHL goal against Oshawa. I think he was 15 at the time. And you, I'm just blown away how good they are. The future of the game, Craig, is bright. I love if you can see junior hockey, major junior, NCAA, folks, get out there. There's a lot of great hockey out there, Craig. Yeah, there sure is. And I, I, you know, when Wayne Gretzky says, you know, the, the players are so much better than when he was playing and people kind of go, well, come on, Wayne, Wayne's right. Just like, just like Bobby Orr was better than the players that preceded him. And the players that came after Bobby Orr were better and the players before Wayne were, were good. But when Wayne came along, he was the best and the players today are, are, are Wayne's right. Listen to Wayne. It's not a, it's not an insult. It's, it's reality. Uh, okay. So you posted a little bit of a, of a viral video about Jess last week. What did she do in her game to help her Guelph hockey team win on Saturday? I, I want to know. Forget about me. I want to know about Jess. I want to know about the Barry Colts. Seriously, you piqued my interest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, get OHL. I mean, we're biased, WHL, Q, and you got to scout them all, and there's – and there's nothing like going to a D1 men's hockey game. I mean, it's there's something about being in New Hampshire, right, with those 8,000 fans or in Michigan and like you name it. If you've never been, you got to go. One of my regrets was we were connected in a family when Mike Johnson was going to school at Bowling Green and my kind of family friend at the time, the Punchards, Brett played with Mike and I never went down. And it's one of my biggest regrets, not going down for a weekend and watching two games and it's so much fun. And now that Jess is playing again, because I thought my minor hockey dad days were over, to watch the game on computer on Saturday as I'm watching NHL games because the trip and Diane had to work so we couldn't go. And then this is, and I'm going to sound like a hockey dad, but I don't care. This little Jessica Calais 
I mean, God forbid he's calling the game and doesn't know who I am. Jessica Calais. She reminds me of Adam Fox out there. She's controlling the game. She's and I went to myself. I'm so proud. I was going to get the clip and send it, but I go, I can't do that. And look, but for us, it's just that moment when you don't know if you're ever going to play again. And you got a modern coach in Rachel Flanagan playing modern hockey, Royal Road, you know, not glassing out. No, control the puck, make a play. It was fun to watch. I don't know how the team's going to do. I don't know how she's going to do. Craig, it was just one of those things where you say, I miss this so much. I can't wait to go Wednesday. Get your tickets now. Waterloo and Guelph, 730 puck drop. <laughs> that, that's awesome. I mean, I, I mean, your excitement. I mean, what, what do you mean sounding like a hockey dad? You are a hockey dad. And Diane's a hockey mom, like your hockey parents. R- revel in it. Have fun with it. That doesn't mean, I mean, what happens, Steve, is that we end up with, uh, oh, I'm a hockey dad. And it ends up being a negative, uh, you know, connotation. No, there's nothing negative. If, if it's preceded by crazy hockey parent or, you know, over overbearing hockey parent. Okay. I, I, I understand, but you're not that. You, and you know what? Jess Calais is, is a pretty good player. She's, <laughs> <laughs> and she's being compared to uh, Adam Fox. That, that, that's pretty good. You, you know. So I, I have one more question before I, uh, I have a couple of comments, right? Seinfeld, you know, I'm a huge Seinfeld person yeah, right yeah i like so, it a little bit eh? yeah I, I know you do but you know when i like it never occurred to me i, I i've been in i've been in i've been in your home i've been where you record this right but i look at your backdrop there with the with the blue velvet chairs and it, it's like the merv griffin set <laughs> It is. This is a set. This is a set. Who's our next guest? Where are the cameras? Where are the cameras? I know. I know. I should do it in the hockey basement, but Diane says, I want this room almost is only allowed to be used for this and then get out. Get out and I'll clean it. I know it's almost like Mike Johnson's showroom. Like, I have no idea what that plan is for Ikea. I don't even know if those glass, I don't even know if this is real. It's almost like a movie set where it's, a, you know, but anyway, she's done a good job with it. These chairs, Craig, see this one over here. You're the only one who's ever sat in that chair <laughs> and nobody's ever sat in the other one. It's a showpiece. That's it. I was a guest. I, I, <laughs> the question was very fair. The interview was wonderful. I got to fit it. There's no way I can let the Mike Johnson go here. Okay. I have to, to, to tell this story because it's, it's one of my favorite ones when it comes to Mike Johnson. I have a yeah. lot of favorite Mike Johnson stories, but I'm living in Ann Arbor, Michigan, working for the Dallas Stars. And uh, I uh, Bowling Green, was probably about a 45, 50 minute drive from Ann Arbor. So being that, you know, you're scouting, you're trying to get a grip on the players, you know, players drafted players that may be uh, coming up for the draft. Anyway, uh, I go down there at the beginning of one season and I'm watching the game and I'm watching this Mike Johnson skate around. I go, wow, geez, what a, what a good player he is. Right. And I look at my, I look at my line chart and I look at it, I go junior. He's a junior. Like I'm going like, I've seen Bowling Green quite a bit the last two years. What do you mean he's a junior? I think so I'm watching, pretty good player. Anyway, I race home that night at the speed limit, maybe a little bit above. And uh, I get home and I go through my notes from the years, from the couple of years before, because, you know, I keep a notebook and there it is, Mike Johnson. And, you know, good skater. But there was really nothing more to describe his play in my notes than other than good skater. Anyway, 
we all know what ended up happening with Mike. He ended up, you know, becoming a a much sought after uh, NHL free agent, but it's a great example of, you know, I tell young players this all the time. And you're talking about junior hockey and it doesn't matter where you're at in the, all players don't progress and mature at the same rates. It takes them time. And, you know, Keep playing. I tell players, just keep playing, keep playing, keep playing. Don't worry. And they go, what, what, what do I got to do to, you know, for the scouts to see me? I said, you're the, just keep playing. If you're good enough and you do the things you're capable of doing, the scouts will see you. And Mike Johnson is a perfect example of that. I'd seen him for two previous years, but there wasn't, there wasn't a lot in Mike's game that, that, that was, that, that he could take advantage of. Maturity, whatnot. Like I said, we all know what he became. He was on the all-rookie team. You know, he was on the all rookie team in his yep. rookie season, right? So anyway, it's just a it's just a, a an example of, you know, keep your eyes open if you're if you're watching players. And for players, you know what? Be patient with yourself. It's gonna come. So when you talk about Brett Punchard, who I remember watching, and yep. certainly uh uh Mike there, it, it, it's just a good example of uh watching uh hockey and watching players with an open mind always. Just because they went through a draft, just because they haven't been drafted doesn't mean they're not gonna be good NHL players. That's such great advice. And I know that if we also had the cool button uncensored minor hockey podcast, we could go in another direction daily about, okay, we know about the Crosby's and the McDavid's, the Lemieux's and, and Ors. That's fine. Oh, the Orr Museum, by the way, in Oshawa. I'm, to see Orr's 1962, 63, 60, like his Oshawa General shirt that they have there. It's, it's unbelievable. And one practice, he grabbed the goalie gloves and he went net. Or went in that, and they took that picture of Or, no mask in that uh, in the old Civic Arena in Oshawa. I, I thought it was great stuff. But Mike Johnson, Andrew Mangiapane, who was on with Scott Oak on Saturday night, and you're thinking, cut, cut, didn't make it, wasn't drafted, went to the NHL draft. You know, you you think as a kid, it's one thing when it's 12 rounds. I guess it's another when it's seven, and people do the tomato. The, when you pick the tomatoes, some turn red quicker than others. That doesn't mean they all can't make a salad at their own speed. And it's great, but people don't want to hear it. I just talked to a coach when I went out on the weekend and he said, and he's on the boys side now, and he's got some pretty good players that you're probably going to know about in a, a year or two. Yeah. They say I'm a girl's hockey dad. I'm a girl's coach, not a hockey coach. I'm a girl's coach. I said, yeah, what else? He goes, what can you promise my kid? A great environment, learning, getting better, complete player. So if somehow they do get to the next level, they've got the tools to not just score, but to check and defend because when they start, not everyone can score. What about power play time? I don't make those promises. Okay, see you later. And they leave to go to another place. And he says, I don't want that. I don't want that around our team anyway promises about part of this i promise the environment modern hockey make you better to improve your skill set have fun this is what it's about but everyone's looking at the show and they all say they don't no no not not i'm not looking at the show come on little johnny or little Susie and everything else i've gone through it so many people are good people but they're full of so much and you've seen it craig you've you've seen it i went to the rink and what are you doing here I'm looking at Devin Shore. Oh, where do you have him pegged? And he went exactly where you said. You can come out of nowhere and make the NHL and do different things, but everyone wants to press a button. We live in a press a button now society. Now, now, now. 
but there's other options and you can slow play it and still get to the highest level you can possibly get to. But nobody wants to hear that, right? They want, hmm, where's McDavid? Where's my kid in this in this bunch? I had, uh, it's, 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 it's very, it's always interesting to me. And I, I hear things like this all the time. You know, one of the challenges is that the, we, we talk about how good the young players are and they sacrifice a great deal and they, they're committed. They're committed to being players. Like they, you know, they, they want to play. And, you know, I, I, I hear about this 13 year old or that 14 year old all the time, all the time, all the time. They're all good players at 13 and 14. And there's thousands of them, but you know, you try to, and, and, and then as they become 16 or 17 and they enter their draft years or they're coming up for, for, for the draft, you know, talking about the, uh, the NHL. Oh, well, he was really good when he was 14. I said, that's great. It's not about what they were when they were 14. And yeah, I know, I know all the players were good when they were 14 and 13. They were, they don't, they don't progress along the path unless they were good. Right. But now it's a pyramid. It gets tighter and tighter. And you know, it, you know, I, I have so much admiration for the young players that are giving up. Like they have, they have these dreams and they have these goals and they're lofty and they're real. And they, oh, I'm going to play in the NHL. You know, you think about Tom Cochran's song "Big League," right? You know, and it's a, it's a great, it's a, it's a really great thing. And and I tell, just go pursue it. If you know, if if you make it, great. If you don't, that's okay. You played at the highest level possible. But you're right, Steve is that there's, oh boy, he, he was so good. If you can believe this, you ready for this one? Yeah. Hold, hold down. You know what? You know what? I, I know you're a gamer. I know you do a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the, that racing thing. So I know you got your race car chair there with your seatbelts. You got it all, you got it all rigged up good. Put your seatbelt on. Connor McDavid was in the NHL. He was in the NHL. <laughs> First overall pick, right? Yeah, I had somebody tell me that, wow, Connor McDavid, like, you know, my son was every bit as good as Connor McDavid, like, but he didn't get the same opportunities and he didn't, he, he, he wasn't able to do the same things that, uh, or my son wasn't able to do the same things that he got. And he got, so, so I, I, I kind of like, you're trying to massage it. You're trying to manage it. I just said, so, so you're telling me that your son who, who was widely seen that everybody missed him everybody missed them and they all just focused their eyes on Connor McDavid. Well, you know, how does somebody get that much notoriety? And I just said, he's really, really good. <laughs> That's why. And I think that, you know, I, I, I did that on purpose because when you think about the brilliance of Connor McDavid on Friday versus the New York Rangers, I mean, what's funny for me, Steve, and it is funny. I, I, I find it funny. Oh, greatest goal, you know, ever right? greatest goal. Does everybody forget about the one-on-four goal he scored against the Leafs last year? And you know what the beautiful thing about Connor McDavid is? Just go and watch. He puts you right on the edge of your chair. I grew up in Montreal as a Guy Lafleur fan. Yeah. You know what Guy Lafleur did when he grabbed the puck? He got you right on the edge of your seat. That's what Connor McDavid does, right? So, like, brilliant goal Friday. Brilliant goal last season versus the Leafs. You know what? He's got a lot more brilliant goals than that hockey bag is. <laughs> Yeah. And the Morgan Riley one from the year before. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I call it the Riley one, the Muzzin one, the Columbus one. Remember the Columbus oh, one? Oh, yeah. That was the old rink Columbus yeah. one. And it was in, uh, it was uh, Jeff Rimmer, right, with a call. And he, he couldn't believe there's more to come. I just say, how could you miss it? Anybody in the East 
God help if you got to go to bed with technology now. You can watch it again. And, and the thing about, so I came back from the Generals game and we had this elimination pool, big money. I should tell you and Clarky about it, our producer and people at our work say, yeah, you keep forgetting to tell me 25 grand. All you have to do is pick a winner once a week. Once a week, pick a winner, right? So we're now into week four of the season. I had five picks, Steve, Jessica, Diane, uh, Jacqueline, and, you know, mom. So I'm down to two left. I, I come back, turn the game on, 4-1 Rangers. I take the remote, I throw it into the couch, 4-1. I'm watching the Canucks-Preds game. I got to go back. I got I to go back. I have got to go back. It's 4-4. It's 4-4. Now I'm sitting down. I get a cold one. Zabanajad scores. I take the remote again. I throw it in. Remember, only because I have them in the pool, like Ranger, whoever. And then I see it live, which like when you watch the fur, you were there live. There's nothing like being live, taping something and watching it or seeing it on a clip. It's great. Not the same. And then this happens. And then I'm at home and I stand up and I can't believe it. And his face, Craig, his face does this. His face says, I can't believe what I just done like this. And that's the picture. I put that up at whatever they call Northlands now, Rogers. And then, well, it's not over yet. They still dominate. And then they get the overtime winner. And they're 9-1 and one, and McDavid and Dreisaitl and everything. It's, it is wow time. And the great thing is he's 24 turning 25. This is, what, what's that slogan? The best is yet to come. Like this is, this is just going after some pain in Edmonton, other than year two, I guess, in this administration. This is unbelievable. And to think some people as late as last year were saying, I'm not so sure. McDavid. McDavid's been number one Casey Kasem since year two. <laughs> Maybe he dropped in the charts. Okay, that week. He, but for the most part, and the only reason he didn't win in 2020 is because that knee wasn't 100%. If you watch the documentary, I'm sure you did. The 180 days it took him to come back. Unbelievable. And I said, I said to Rubber, you see? And he goes, no, I said, Rubber, this is you guys. This is former, to, to see what he did just to play again? Oh, my. And the look on his face when that, the, the knee, whatever it's called, that PCL started the, the fibers. At that point, he knew, thank God. I, and he's, he's got emotional. And I did too in watching it. Like, this is, I talk about Bobby Uri, talk about Wayne Gretzky, Ted Gila Fleur. He's the top 10 player I've ever seen in my life ever now and I, if he doesn't win three cups like Kane and people talk about cups and this is individual this is not team here this is just I can't wait to see him when do they play next Craig because something else is going to happen that makes you say wow at Detroit Tuesday evening <laughs> that's when they play next because you know what that's you better know when he's playing next because something fantastic phenomenal can happen you know it's it's interesting when you talk about Connor McDavid and, you know, going back to watching him with the Marlies. I mean, he was a 14 year old player playing with the Marlies and, you know, again, everybody tells you, Oh, you got to watch this next great kid. Yeah. You go watch. Right. Well, I'll tell you what it was. It was jaw dropping watching him for the first time. And I can tell you this, rarely does that happen when I go to watch 14 year old players, because rarely do I go and watch 14 year old players. But when people tell me, Hey, you better go watch this guy. And I've seen a number of them over the years. No, Connor was right. He was the real deal. And, you know, you, you, Jack Michaels, the, the, the play-by-play voice for the uh, Oilers, when it was 4-2 going into the third period, he said, 
the Vancouver Canucks, they were up two goals on the, or the Rangers were up two goals on the Vancouver Canucks in their previous game. And I'm telling you, he said, don't, don't throw away your remote. Don't flip that remote. I think he was talking <laughs> to Steve Calais uh, of Whitby. <laughs> He was right. Jack is uh, Jack. I, I I think Jack's pretty fortunate. He gets a front row seat every night to call Connor McDavid. That's uh, pretty awesome. Now, as we talk about, and, and we do, and we talk about Connor McDavid, we talk about the injury, the PCL, Jack Eichel's going to get ready for a big surgery. Yeah. He's going to get the artificial disc replacement. He, he feels confident in it based on uh, all the medical advice he's gotten and advisors. That was a, that's a pretty big deal. And, and the Vegas Golden Knights are uh, without, and, and we got to include Jack Eichel now because they were without Alex Tuck. So he went in the trade. No Jack Eichel, no William Carlson, no Mark Stone, no Max Patrick Reddy. And, you know, the people go, oh, are you worried about the Vegas Golden Knights? Uh, I, I'm not worried about the Vegas Golden Knights if they have all those guys in their lineup. <laughs> but any team to try to overcome the loss of, such star power, such offensive productivity is going to have a tough time. Unless, of course, you're playing the Montreal Canadiens on a Saturday night right now. And it doesn't, matter who, it doesn't matter who you have in your lineup. You're going to beat the Montreal Canadiens because arguably they, Chicago and Arizona, are the, are, are, are the bottom three teams in National Hockey League. But staying on Eichel, you know, like, are, are, are we not all sitting here with anticipation waiting for Jack Eichel to, to get healthy and, and see what he can do? Because that's a big time get by the Vegas Golden Knights. I am blown away by adding a puzzle piece that says from day one in Vegas, never had that true number one center. Almost in day one in Vegas, our power play, although it came to life against Montreal because they put they put Theodore and and Petrangelo together, but that's a one-off and it's Montreal. I'm not going to overplay it or underplay it, but boy, we really need that franchise center. We can't win in the playoffs. We're up against Washington. We're up against the big centermen. You love Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, there's Nate McKinnon. There's Kadri. There's a lot of, but Carlson's a great two. Stevenson's not a one. It's really a three. So you're telling me now Eichel can center patch ready in stone. And then Eichel can line up in the Lemieux spot with Petrangelo or Theodore on the point, Marcheseau in the bumper, Pacioretty in the one-timer with Stone in front of the net, and they have a first-line center problem of, of not having that guy for matchups, and their power play went four for 43 in the playoffs last year. Now we're adding Jack Eichel? Wow. I think Mr. Craig Button, who was not putting his chips all in on Vegas, did phone his financial planner and say, I'm going to buy some stock now because this is a good time to buy the stock. I didn't buy the stock before, but now the stock is starting to rise and I'm getting in on it now because now Pacioretty, Stone, Eichel, the expansion line, Stevenson, yes, Tuck will be a loss as a third-line winger. Peyton Krebs, I'll get your professional opinion on what he can be for Buffalo because we'll look at it from a Kevin Adams perspective. On the show last week, I just said, Craig, I just said, if I'm Kevin Adams, and I think I asked you this because you came on, you just phone Anaheim, Zegras, one for one. Nope, we're not doing it. We're not ready for Eichel yet. Phone New Jersey. Jack Hughes, one for one. At least you've got that piece coming back. So think about that as we just tagged with the Vegas angle. Balance of power. Does it change with Colorado, Tampa, Florida, Carolina, which we'll get to, and the New York Islanders as the creme de la creme. If the surgery goes well, knock on wood, and we see him in the lineup on March 
the first. Well, whenever he comes in the lineup, I, all, all I know is re- remember he's got uh, this year and four more years left on his contract. So yeah. I mean, he's he's a part of the Vegas Golden Knights, and to, to your point, he's never they've never had a player like this. Never they've never had a player like this, and he's a superstar. There's no question about it. I mean, and and here's the thing about Jack that that, that makes him so good. And I'll get to Vegas here in a row. Is, is that he is not anywhere near. He's not a one trick pony. He's not a two trick pony. He's not a three trick pony. He's a multiple trick pony. And actually he's not a pony. He's a thoroughbred. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you, you talk about the bumper spot. See Jack, Jack's a great, great player with respect to being able to size up what's there. You know, if you want to put constraints on Jack Eichel and say, I'll oh, do this. No, let Jack Eichel play. He can, he can score off the rush. He can score from 40 feet. He can pass the puck with the best of them. There is no, how do you defend Jack Eichel? He can beat you with his speed and his agility and his power, magnificent hands. Don't just put him in a little little, little spot and say, play here. That whole power play is going to change because of Jack Eichel. Don't, Don't fall in love with your power play setup. You know what? Say, hey, here's what we'd like to do. Let Jack go to work. I'm telling you, the guy is brilliant when it comes to that. So, you know, Steve, people said, oh, you're not putting your chips in on uh, Vegas being the year. I said, no, I'm not. I'm not. Because the problems that they've had in the playoffs, I don't see them resolved. And I'm talking about Stanley Cup contender here. I'm not talking about as a team that's a good team in the league. They're a good team in the league. But I, I, I said, but you're right. I got chips now on Vegas. You're darn right I got chips now on. And the other thing I'm going to say, so let's look at Kelly McCrimmon, George McPhee, you know, George, but, but, but Kelly's the one that's made the deals. Okay. So like, you know, he, since Kelly's been the man, they go and get Patchy ready, right? Like, well, that's a big time score. They go and get Mark Stone. Poof. There's a big time frontline player. They go and sign Alex Petrangelo. Wow. Like people are going, why was he named to the Canada's Olympic team? Just watch how well he's played this year. Watch in a, in a depleted lineup. I mean, he took that game over on Saturday versus Montreal. He is phenomenal. What an outstanding defenseman he is. And now they get Jack Eichel. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. This is a good team. Robin Leonard, I think, is more than, I don't think he's more. He's a really good goaltender. Right? Shea Theodore. I mean, we, we got talking about the Vegas Gold Knights. We got Shea Theodore like a little bit down. Another top notch defenseman. Yeah, I got chips now in on Vegas. Darn rights I do. I'm dumb, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> so when everyone's healthy in both divisions out West, is Vegas, as we project, higher than Colorado. I I like them better. I know there's injury issues now. McCarr hasn't played well. McKinnon hasn't played well. I believe Kadri's learned his lesson finally and will be there for all the playoff games. And then there's a Kemper. Like, he's not comfortable yet. And that's why we play 82 games, not 56, unless we have to. Or is it neck and neck? Is it, or is it something we just say, listen, this is what we want. Western Conference final. Giddy up. And because they're not in the same division this year, they can, you know, it might be Vegas, Edmonton round two, and then Colorado has to go through St. Louis in round two, and then they can play each other. Is this the clash of the Titans that you used to have? Colorado, Dallas, Detroit, Dallas, Dallas, Colorado. Is this how it's shaping up in the Wild West? Well, okay, so you talk about the Wild West. Okay, so I like the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, I, you know, I guess news will come out on Monday about Shifley and Stashney because they had to leave the game Saturday versus the New York Islanders due to injury. Uh, but I like the Winnipeg Jets. 
the Minnesota Wild. Are we going to sleep on the Minnesota Wild? Are we going to sleep on the St. Louis Blues? Uh-uh-uh. You know what? I think that the West, we, the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers, really, we're talking about a Western Conference final. We're not mentioning the Edmonton Oilers after we just were gushing about McDavid. Uh, the, what, what Teams push the level of play higher, you know, by, by trying to be, you know, with having excellent players. Ken Holland's improved the, the Edmonton Oilers significantly. Kelly McCrimmon, we just talked about what he's done. You know, Joe Sackett, Bill Guerin, what he's doing, what Kevin Shevel Dayoff did in the offseason, adding Dylan and and uh, Nate Schmidt. They're all they're all pushing the envelope. They're all pushing it. I love it. That's what sports is about. It's about making your team as good as it can be. You know what I'm sick of? Sick of. Well, you know, how much is he performing and is there value in his contract? You know what? The contracts are settled in the summer. Now the games begin. Watch the team. Watch the game. Sean Monaghan. You know what? Daryl Sutter doesn't care how much he's making. He goes, I need Sean to do this for my team. Now go and do it. He's playing on the power play, but all anybody wants to talk about is him playing on the fourth line. You know what? Sean Monaghan's come back from two significant injuries and offseason surgeries. So it's going to take him some time. But all this, oh, the value, like, you know what? Hey, listen, we all know that you're trying to find value in contracts. That's been going on forever. Bottom line is, is this is your team now. And I love, you know what too many general managers in all sports do? They find reasons not to do things. Oh, it's hard to make a trade. Oh, you know, you know what that would do to my salary cap? You know, wait, wait a sec. Do you know what Jack Eichel would do to your team on the ice? Don't tell me. Don't tell me it's hard to make a trade. That's why you have the job. Go and make a trade. Go and manage your salary cap. If you want to go spend $40 million on four players, there's no problem with that. But go and fill out your roster. I mean, I asked somebody the, last week in Toronto. They were talking about Marner and Matthews and everything. I said, what do you think the first-team all-star right winger in the National Hockey League should get paid? What do you think the second-team all-star center and the Rocket Richard winner in the National Hockey League should get paid? And you're going to complain about what these guys are getting paid? Really? Like, like, seriously, we've lost perspective, or I should say we have, not me and you, but so many people have lost perspective on, on what's happening. And you know what? Like, I, there's only going to be one team that wins. And I know this, every, teams that are trying and teams that are trying to push the envelope. Oh, Minnesota, look, Bill Guerin in two years, look at what his salary cap's going to be. You know why he bought out Parisi and Suter? Because he was trying to make his team better. That's what he was trying to do. That's why you admire Bill Guerin and Kelly McCrimmon and, and the guys that are pushing it. So many GMs and so many sports. Oh, it's so hard. You don't know how hard it is. It all, uh, I like that rant. It kind of goes back to the minor hockey. Here's what the person can't do. Let's talk about what they can do. What's Sean Monahan doing now to help? Where he slots in financially? And are the Flames not 7-1-3? and three? Best start in ages maybe the best start since your start craig was a pretty good start uh back 20 years ago and i say to myself so if what's best for the team right now for him to be a fourth line center and on power play one or two and they're winning why do you care what well, like why do you not you but why can't you sleep at night because mitch martin makes 10.09 million all of a sudden he's got 12 points in 12 games and he's gonna get 100 and that's what 100 <laughs> point play so it's it's it's, it's almost where the little kids now know how much these guys are getting and they play Xbox and they, and they know that stuff. It's almost like the, sorry, the middle-aged hockey broadcaster cannot deal with the contract. And I, I don't know. Well, they're going to be, it's, if you want Petrangelo, you're going to have to suck it up 
if something goes wrong. If that means five defensemen for two games, well, do you want them or not? You know, do you want the Mercedes? You got to put unleaded fuel in. It's $2 a liter. Yes, I'm going to. Uh, I won't have a couch for a couple of months, but I'm going to get the, okay, if you can do it and you want to make it work and you think that's what's best for your chance of winning, that's great. If it doesn't work out, everyone's a great GM in retrospective analysis. Well, in retrospective analysis, they should have traded this guy and kept this guy and kept this guy and traded this guy. So it's like Marc-Andre Fleury. If he has a bad year and he's in his decline, the people who said Marc-Andre Fleury should stay in Pittsburgh or in Vegas, their hands are not pointing the finger at themselves. Because <laughs> guess what? Oh, I was wrong on that one. They just end up moving on, which gets me back to your Calgary situation. I thought the Flames fans and that made-for-TV moment when Adam Fox scored, oh. put his hand to his ear, right? Which is kind of a Kane Matthews Fox thing. And then under review, disallowed, he says on the bench, well, you could read his lips and then go, it said something else. That wasn't a swear word, but you know where I'm going. And then they boot him. Hey, they boot him a lot. You know why? He touches the puck a lot and he's very good. He's one of the best defense in the NHL. And then the Flames rolled over the Rangers. I know the Rangers are tired and the score wasn't indicative of how well Markstrom played. That is drama. Like I told you, I was, I was lucky that I came back in time to see McDavid on Friday. That flame stuff Saturday, Craig, that's real life, real drama, real TV. Like that is beautiful for our sport. And if you love sports, that's real life. It was awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> I, I read something on Sunday where somebody said that after the goal was disallowed, the public address announcer should have come on and said, uh, after further review, that goal by Adam Fox, no goal. <laughs> Did you, can you hear me kind of pull it off? Like the, uh, do you hear me anyway? It's, it's Adam, he's, he's a Norris trophy winner. I mean, when we all know how good he is and you're right, Steve, they have ample opportunity to boo him because he has the puck lots, right? You know, there's a lot Claude of booing. The, the late Claude Ruel, who did, who was Mr. Everything for the Montreal Canadians. You know, so many people don't realize that Claude Ruel won a Stanley cup with the Montreal Canadians as their head coach. A lot yeah. of people don't know that. He right. won a bunch as an assistant coach, won lots as a director of player uh, development and everything. I mean, I mean, everybody talked, well, look, we got a player development program. You know, Claude Ruel, the Montreal Canadiens, had a player development program in the in the 50s and the 60s. What, 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 people are reinventing the wheel? Look at this, Steve. I got a wheel. Look at it. It goes round and round. Look at this wheel. Like, it's amazing how good this wheel is. Goaltending departments. Have we talked about that? Warren Stralo, he had goaltending departments years ago. Mitch Corn, oh, we're looking at we're 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 cutting edge. We got goaltending departments. Whoa, give me a break, Jacques Caron. Anyway, uh, that, that, I'll save that for another day. That's a different rant. But uh, everybody thinks they've reinvented the wheel. You, you know what? Just just do a little bit of uh, research, folks, and you'll see that the history of the game. There's been a lot of innovation in the game. But you know what? Claude Rowe told me when I first started scouting. What he said, Craig. Watch the guy that always has the puck. Usually that's the good player. <laughs> <laughs> some, uh, some snapshots um, that come up from time to time on the program. Ryan Lomberg, I can't believe he got five in a game for the collision with Antiranta. I feel bad for Antiranta. I didn't even know if it was a two-minute penalty. The fact they gave him five, reviewed it, and, and, and kept it in the game of the week. Carolina, Florida, Spencer Knight has to win it. Bobrovsky's not in. Barkov, lower body injury, not in the lineup. No Sam Bennett. 
Florida blitzes Carolina and Freddie Anderson. Freddie then leaves. In comes Antiranta. I it, it what to, to me it didn't look like Milan Lucic and Ryan Miller. I could have lived with a two minute penalty. I feel sorry for Ryan Lomberg and and what happened on the play. It just it just shocked me. And I just hope that Florida keeps filling the building, getting their buzz. They're a great team. What a start to the year. What a game. It lived up to the hype. And that because Florida battled back or Carolina battled back a little bit, but Florida blitzed them early. And you say to yourself, wow, you know, this is good for these markets. Carolina's got the buzz. They're a very sexy team. I just, but they're selling out, right? They're full. They're the, they got all the excitement in Raleigh. I just hope it builds in Florida because it's just, I worry about it, Craig. If they can't sell this team and the Verhages and Bennett when he's back and Anthony Duclair had a four point game. Anthony Duclair, I can't believe the season that he's having. It's not on the back of Huberto right now either. It's just, it's special. And that game was special. It was fun. You saw wow moments. And I just hope it continues, not, not just for South Florida, but building, you know, it's one thing if you're not good, but when you are and you're not, you know, you see those empty seats, it just, uh, it can't be like that. It's, 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 we're post-COVID. Let's go in South Florida and let's add to this special season that they're having, Craig. Well, yeah, well, you can't, but, but bottom line, Steve, they've been a, they've been a, a poor performing franchise for a quarter of a century. Yeah. So you can't just say we're good now. Come on, fans, come around. Like, you know, so bottom line is they're a good team. It's a really good team. And there's no question about it. And you hope they can continue. But let's not forget, Steve, and people forget this. Everybody wants to jump on the on the Florida Panthers, right? Everybody wants to jump on that. You know what, Steve? I went into the Chicago Stadium when they had 5,000 people in the building. Yeah. You know why? Because the team was so bad. And the fans know what good hockey looks like in Chicago. It's a, it's a great market, as they've shown. But you think they're going to come and dole out, you know, hard-earned money to, to go watch a bad team? They aren't. And they didn't in Chicago. So what? very few sports franchises in the major sports are able to sustain poor performance over an extended period of time. Very few. And, the, and I talk about Florida. Quarter century, Steve. They haven't won a playoff round since 1996. Haven't been in the playoffs very often at all. So, yeah, they're great. Let's keep watching them. But, like, let's not blame the fans here. Okay, it hasn't been a fan problem. It's been a management problem. And, you know, I, I go to there and I'm going to finish up real quick here. The Chicago Blackhawks, are forget about being at a crossroads. They're in full-blown crisis. And I do not know where they go from here because the prospect pool isn't good. Their, their team isn't very good. And I don't know. I, I, I think that the Chicago Blackhawks might be in for a whole a whole period of, of, of really challenging times. And I'm not talking about coming, you know, what they have to do moving, moving forward and addressing the, 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 uh, uh, the Kyle beach situation. It's, it's the entire organization. This is a bad team. Is Kyle Davidson, the one who's going to get them out of it with Derek King after like Jeremy Colton, it was never going to work. I guess at the end, he did win the playoff series against Edmonton and that was good. But every year he was there, there were other issues in play. He got his opportunity. It didn't work. It's almost like start fresh in comes Derek King, Kyle David. It's almost like it's 2003 all over again. And they need to rebuild and kind of get lucky with Kane and Taves and, you know, not just luck, but draft development. There, it's it's back to the future, almost like it's 2003 in Chicago. Like this is, it's going to be painful for a long time, isn't it? 
That's what I think. That's what I think. And again, Kyle Davison is is the interim uh, GM. Derek King's the interim head coach. Listen, you could put Scotty Bowman behind that bench right now, and it's not going to make a difference. It's a bad team. It's a team that uh, has got uh, just uh, a real void in critical areas of their lineup. So anyway, that's where it's at. And you know what? You know, we can talk about the Arizona Coyotes who won their first game. Yay, yay, Coyotes, you know, and I'm going <laughs> to. It wasn't with, great. It was entertaining. It was entertaining. I, 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 I'm going to finish with this. I'm going to yep. finish with this on episode 11 of the cool, but uncensored hockey podcast. The Seattle Kraken are what I thought they were going to be. <laughs> and I want to end with 63.6 in my small way in our television days, Craig. Coley won't give me credit. I helped change the rule. I told you right now. I swear to God. Uh, good for Ian Walsh for identifying it. And Pittsburgh has Minnesota by the you-know-what. Icing. Face-off. Can't change. Two more six-on-five goals to tie it and win it in a shootout. Kenny Holland coming up with ideas, thinking outside the box. Think out there. Carlton Fisk had one thing above his stall in the clubhouse. Think. Thinking's free. It doesn't cost money. It doesn't matter what color you are, where you come from. Thinking. Just think, think, and it worked. Think of something special for you or your family, your job, your sport, your country. Because thinking like that has made the game even better. I think we're done, and I know we'll see you Thursday. Ciao.